Welcome to another episode of Civic Cypher. I am your host, Ramses Ja. He be telling y'all his name is Ramses Ja. It's a stage name. They do call me Q Ward, though. Those are my that's my actual first initial, my actual last name. Ramses Ja, stage name. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> the people need to know, man. I'm in the presence of a celebrity over here. Oh man, I love it. Um, and uh, we have uh, another show for you. This one is, is a little interesting. Got a little fire under it. I'm anxious to get into this one. You know, I love it when you describe the show. You really set a stage that has a little inkling that it might be all right by the end. It might be all right. <laughs> so listen, oh, man, stick around because this episode we're going to talk about a few things. Um, unless you've been under a rock, you have heard about our countrymen on the right who have sent migrants to various parts of the country, DC, Martha's Vineyard, etc., um, performing a political stunt. So obviously we need to weigh in on that. So we're going to be talking about that. We're also going to talk about somebody who we never thought we'd end up talking about on this show, but for some reason, this guy just came out of left field with some some strange stuff not quite out of left field i mean he's been kind of moving we'll, in that direction yeah, we'll speak while. on yeah. it he's been trending that way for yeah, years for now. a while yeah but we're talking about bill maher he had a lot to say about slavery and uh, he, he he's trying to we'll say remove some of the responsibility of the legacy of slavery from uh this country's narrative and so we're definitely going to peel back those layers you knew you were going to get right here on civic cypher so stay tuned for that and more but first and foremost we are going to discuss some ebony excellence how do you feel shall we we shall so this week's ebony excellence is sponsored by major threads where high fashion meets timeless menswear check out majorthreads.com uh, story comes via black enterprise 19 count them, 19 hbcu schools are Fulbright institutional leaders. All right, here we go. The U.S. Department of State's Bureau of Educational and Cultural Affairs has recognized 19 historically black colleges and universities. That's what HBCU stands for. As Fulbright historically black college and university institutional leaders. The recognition is based on the strong partnerships between the Fulbright program and the HBCUs between the 2020 and 2022 academic years and the 19 HBCUs schools span across 13 states. The Fulbright program is the premier student exchange program for the U.S. government as and has teamed with a many distinguished diversity related groups, colleges and universities. Quote, this is an exceptional note of distinction, unquote. Uh, this comes by a Tuskegee president, Charlotte P. Morris, who goes on to say, we have always known the caliber of students and faculty whose vigorous academic work influences our society in a variety of areas. This acknowledgement will help our students and the broader community see the enormous value our university brings. So big shout out to all 19 of the uh, HBCUs that obviously is is ebony excellence and Maggie B knowing was not going to let us get this week off she do <laughs> she wasn't going to let us get this week off without um mentioning that and so we dedicated the whole ebony excellence to it because you know that's what we're here to do so again shout out to all those uh those schools for um blazing the trail for future ebony excellence now 
have to assume that you've been under a rock, you know. Um, so I'm going to paint a picture for you um, and read a little bit of a story. Uh, this comes by Yahoo News. Uh, Tucker Carlson goes on racist rant to celebrate migrants and their relocation to Martha's Vineyard. Um, so uh, the story goes, Tucker Carlson was on a, went on a racist rant while celebrating what he called the, quote, happy story of Florida Governor Ron DeSantis sending two immigrant-filled planes to Martha's Vineyard this week. As the sun was rising in Washington, D.C. on Thursday morning, two buses carrying about 100 migrants from Del Rio, Texas, arrived outside Vice President Kamala Harris's residence at the Naval Observatory in the city's northwest quadrant. It was the latest political stunt by Republicans to protest President Joe Biden's immigration policies by sending waves of migrants to far-flung U.S. locations chosen to maximize political impact and conservative glee. Only 24 hours earlier, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis sent two private planes with about 50 migrants from Venezuela and Colombia to Martha's Vineyard's airport on Wednesday afternoon with no warning to local officials. So that's the story. Um, you want to go first? <laughs> I want to talk about these things being criminal, but I'd rather just talk about them being inhumane and cruel and just mean, like once upon a time. And I don't, I don't have to go, you know, back prior to us being born. Um, when I was in college, September 11th, 2001, I was in the bookstore at Bowling Green State University with some of my teammates picking up our books. And all of a sudden, all of the TVs tuned uh, to what was going on at uh, the towers in New York. And all of us, no matter who we voted for, no matter what our political stance, no matter what our socioeconomic background, no matter our race, religion, creed, uh, sexual orientation, uh, gender, no matter any of that stuff, we all not only stood in awe, but in very, very short order stood in solidarity. No matter who we thought failed leading up to that, no matter the no matter the number of conspiracy theories that were produced after that, no matter what our actual stance on how it happened, what happened, and all of that stuff, whether you supported Bill Clinton or George Bush or Al Gore or whatever, in that moment, a lot of people died. And our country was under attack externally. And, and maybe the only moment in my lifetime, there were not just some things that we could agree on, but there was a monumental singularity in how our country responded to what transpired on September 11th. What we've witnessed in the last five, six years 
has in my lifetime been the most damning partisan divisive hate field politicians used to attempt to get bipartisan support on things because even though our political ideals differ there have always been certain things that the country was united on and we have very very clearly reached a point where there where that is no longer true yeah the realities are different even yeah what we all consider to be facts aren't even the same mm -hmm. and i've spoken to you you know when the mics were not recording about you know do i raise my children here uh if you if you've not heard the show before uh, Ramses and I both have mixed children and being a minority in this country has always been challenging but currently being black and Hispanic That's wow combination you know what I mean yeah. and that there are not just people who are celebrating this but making so light of it that they think it's funny to do this to people based on whether or not you feel like proper immigration policy is in place or not or proper steps were taken or not you still shouldn't wish harm and fear and these levels of discomfort and confusion on people i want to make sure that i add something here um from what i've read all of the people that were shipped away from texas um to end up in D.C. and Martha's Vineyard, they were all legally going through the legal channels. Yes, they were. Of applying for asylum. Yes, they were. So um, these weren't even people that broke the rules. But go ahead. Well, I mean, case in point, these were people that were manipulated and taken advantage of. Sure. And displaced in a way that the most basic human morals, right? The golden rule, the do unto others. Mm -hmm. Like, come on, man. Could you imagine these same people getting off of a plane that they thought was headed towards, I guess, in their case, a uh, vacation, right? Like maybe, maybe going on vacation while the people in the people in your constituency freeze to death because they don't have any power. So you and your family go on vacation mm -hmm. and leave the people that voted for you to fend for themselves. But when you got off of that plane, it was not to the destination you thought you were going to, but to a country where you did not know the law, the rules, or speak the language and had no help. There was no one there to greet you or support you. You were just now stranded in some foreign place with no connections, with no relationships, with no help. So let me, let me jump in here too. So to your point, these people were put on buses, uh, planes and then buses, right? They were given um, these like comical, silly maps of where they were to where they were going. Right? Uh, they were told that they were going to go to like Boston or wherever. Their jobs would be waiting for them. You know these things. And the crazy part about it is, you know, some of these people had to check in at 
um, different offices around the country. This is how in they, very short order too. Right. So in like two days or Monday morning, you're going to have to check in and, you know, uh, Washington state or in, you know, uh, you know, one of the Carolinas or some, some destination that you couldn't get to in that amount of time. Right. Especially coming to a country where you don't have anything, you don't have a place to stay yet, you know? So it was, it was cruelty of the highest order to the people, but we knew that. Let's talk about for a moment this Republican stunt for what purposes they intended to accomplish, right? And and um, you know, I, I, Charlemagne said something. Charlemagne and God, he said he called it uh, a brilliant move, which that language doesn't feel like the type of language I would use, but I know what he means. He's saying it's brilliant in the way that Hitler was brilliant. You know what I mean? He was a smart dude. He accomplished a lot. He was just evil, right? And this is something that is very difficult to divorce from the, especially the, uh, this new GOP. These are not people who are uninformed. These are not people who are not smart. And these are not people who do not know how to play the game. You know, the, the master of it all was the former president. You know, that's not, he's not as smart as he plays himself out to be, but he's not as stupid as we think he is, right? Um, and to get all of this attention on this issue is exactly what they were going for. But I would posit that immigration is not nearly the as big of an issue as they make it out to be. That's not to say that it's not a big issue. It's not to say that we need to figure out answers, but they make it into this huge boogeyman. Now, bear in mind, there's a, a midterm election coming up. Bear in mind that they lost a lot of momentum when Roe v. Wade was overturned. Bear in mind, Biden is making a lot of, um, covering a lot of, you know, grounds with his student loan uh, forgiveness and this sort of stuff. And so for them to pull this pol political stunt at the cost of these actual human beings, because they're trying to be strategic and get back some some points headed into the midterms. They're playing, you know, the greatest hits, the 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 rural, southern, uh, poor, white conservative person's greatest hits. You know, they're talking jobs, immigration, this sort of stuff. This don't is, take our guns. Don't take our jobs. Pro life. Right. Immigration, protect our borders, stuff they don't actually care about. Sure, sure. but that they know. Well, bear in mind, they, like bear you mind. said, the hits these, they play. These folks uh, had a president who campaigned on building a wall. These folks had the ability to donate to this man building a wall. These folks, you know, they they had four years to build a wall. You know, the right company could have knocked it up in six months. It's a wall. You know what I mean? Um. And I, I think that they use that. They, they probably don't even want a wall. They just use it because it allows them another boogeyman I mean, that like they can said, use. The hits it plays. Right. And 
the most hurtful thing about it is that there is a base that needs this to be true because their whole the the framework of the world is built around this stuff you know what i mean now you and i we live in a border state we live in arizona right um is there crime in arizona sure you know is there um does there need to be you know uh, immigration reform Who's to say? I would I would say perhaps, right? But does immigration, does the lack of whatever immigration laws that these folks want, does that mean that our reality is like hell on earth every day? Absolutely not. You know, our kids go to school. You know, we're for the most part safe. It's not like we're living in a war zone. And the way that they play this up, it feels like um, they're scaring people with something that's not really true. You know, again, these are asylum seekers. You know, they come here looking for work. They're promised work. They get on the plane and they go looking for the work, right? And one thing, while, I'm, while, I, while I got you, one thing I do want to say is imagine how this looks for the folks in Martha's Vineyard, the people who... Okay, so there's now 50 families here that we are, they're now in our community. They came here under false pretenses and they were looking for work. They were looking for something. So now all these folks get to be the heroes. They get to say, well, listen, all right, well, shoot, come on, let's, let's help you out. And that that's what they did. They sent them to Martha's Vineyard because the Obamas have a house there. They sent them to D.C. because, as we mentioned, Kamala Harris's house is in, in D.C. Um, they're being strategic with this. Um, and I, I, as much as I would like to think that it backfired uh, because, you know, the folks that live in Martha's Vineyard, the folks that, that, that were on the ground really responded to these families um, for the right for their news outlets, for their, you know, pundits, for their talking points on and on and on. They're being celebrated. Like, yeah, you, that's how you show it. That own the libs. They get the point and say, ha ha. Right. And so again, they're not doing it to get more votes away from the democratic liberal voter. You know, they're, they're not trying to get votes away. They're trying to, uh, fire up their base. And so to Charlemagne's point, again, I wouldn't have described it as brilliant, you know, but I kind of see the point that he's making. And it's, it's very sad because again, there's a, there's a human cost here. Um, from what I understand, Republicans have been absolutely unwilling to work with anything that the Democrats put forward, you know, this is, this is something that was said by, um, uh, Mitch McConnell he says my, my priority in the Senate is to oppose every piece of legislation, um, <laughs> from this administration. Wow. He's, it, that's effectually what he said. I, I read it recently again. Um, his sole purpose, when he walks into the Senate, my job is to stop them from doing anything that they want to do, right? Um, 
he will find fault with it. He won't, you know, it could be like, okay, this gets us 90% of what we want, but if it gets them 10% of what they want, then the answer is no, let's just, you know, I'm trying to say, so for them to then say, well, you know, immigration is a completely leftist. It's a, it's Biden's policy, but, and then most of the people don't even make the connections. It's so it's, it's theater. The thing is, unfortunately, a good amount of people, it's their reality, you know, and or at least they've convinced themselves of it. Sure. Sure. It's not actually the, the, our immigration policies have zero effect on their daily lives. Wow. That's what I'm trying to say. Like zero, zero, not kinda, not a little bit, none. And that they get so riled up about something that absolutely has zero effect on their lives is kind of the story of that party. Oh, that all of the things that they oppose the most have no effect on them personally. Sure, sure. And their constituents, unfortunately, that that vote for them, and that's the sad part. They've shown that there are millions of people that support their ideology and that support them they 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 turn out and they vote and and there's something against their own best interest sure sure but there there's something here okay so and this is something that we've said a lot they vote against their own interest and you know what to be honest they think that we vote against our own interest you know black folks in particular right so let's say they're just voting with their values and we're voting with our values, which is fair. Hey, look, I believe in hard work. I, f- I believe if a guy makes a billion dollars, he should be able to keep it, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, and I, I believe in uh, guns. The forefathers set it up this way. So this is how I want it. You know what I mean? That that could be a belief system, whatever. Right. Conveniently. But it could be. And and if we're not if we're going to allow each individual to live their reality, if we were to allow them that, then that would be fair. The problem that I have with that way of thinking and, and with things that end up manifesting like what we're seeing in this story is that people stoop to levels that by any definition would constitute cruel, um, cruelness, cruelty. Uh, it's like the human component, the human element is not there. You know, there's, there's this, uh, because you're not though, when you're a live or you're a Democrat, you're not a human. And they, they've dismissed the idea that we as human beings have anything in common. That's why that was my whole point. We no longer have anything in common to them. Well, we have to, this is my thinking, you know me, I'm, I'm always going to be this person, but I feel like we have to care about each other. Okay. Except they don't. This is the problem. Collectively, they don't though. This is the problem. And, and so like, if, if, again, if it's a matter of a difference of, um, Hey, my, my beliefs or my values, you know, reflect this and your values reflect that. I believe that human values should um, move us to care for each other. Right. And, you know, we've made a lot about conservatism on this, uh, show that a lot of it really looks like the perpetuating of white supremacist institutions and ideas and, 
disenfranchisement of black people and the black vote by gerrymandering and by racist policies and, and so forth and so on that disproportionately harm black communities. They might harm all communities, but they disproportionately affect us and oftentimes disproportionately benefit um, folks that are white. And there's this kind of veil over it that makes it seem American you know, when the truth is it's, it's really yeah, white they, and, and this is that's what they wrap it in. Right. And it, and it masterful the way they do it. The thing is, some of us can see right through it. The problem is that now we're talking about them using other human beings for this dog and pony show. Um, that's not based in a reality that, as you mentioned, that really affects people in that way. You know, they make a big deal out of welfare. They make it, make a big deal out of all, all these sort of social policies. But the fact is, as soon as there's a pandemic, guess where we got? We got money for days. As soon as there's a war, we got money for days. You know what I'm saying? When it comes to helping and people. Clearly, you have money for everyone else. And when it comes to helping people. How many billions that we send to Ukraine? Exactly my point. But we send nothing to Flint or Mississippi. 